0: Good morning, Nashville. My name is Braden Gall, and this is the 440 for Monday, July 26th. Happy birthday, Mom. Today on the 440, Nashville SC continues to put on a show in front of record crowds. The Nashville Predators added a bunch of new players in the draft, but we begin with the latest in the saga between Oklahoma and Texas trying to leave their league and join the SEC. I'm gonna ask you guys a very simple question. Do you like money? Are you a smart person? (laughs) If you are one of those two things, which I'm assuming all of you are, then you need to know the name, The Kingston Group. They've been taking care of homes in Middle Tennessee for over a decade by being smart and by making people money. They create beautiful projects, they bring your home to life, and they do it with a proven technique and a proven track record of success. So if you like money and you like your home and you like happiness and you're smart, which I'm assuming all of you are, then you need to remember the name, the Kingston Group, Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. BuildKG.com is the website. There's going to come a time when you need to make a decision about your home, and when that time comes, make sure you remember the name, the Kingston Group. The Big 12 grovelled at the feet of Texas and Oklahoma over the weekend as the rest of the league's presidents and commissioner Bob Bowlsby met with the presidents of Texas and Oklahoma in an effort to convince them not to join the SEC. We are now in a very public negotiation. Can the Big 12 and its very concerned member institutions make it lucrative, stable, and comfortable enough to keep the two athletic powerhouses from leaving for the filthy rich waters of the SEC? Because the Big 12 has only one thing to offer, the Longhorns and the Sooners, that the SEC cannot. Power. The SEC has more stability, more history, more prestige, more money, more talent, more championships, and can offer the two schools permanent seats at the biggest and most powerful table in college football. But they would just be two of 16 seats. In the SEC, Texas and Oklahoma won't get to call the shots like they do in the Big 12. You cannot bully Alabama or LSU or Florida or Georgia or Auburn or Tennessee or Texas A&M. In the Big 12, they make all of the decisions. It's the way it's always been since the league's inception in the mid-90s. The SEC is more of everything, but Texas and Oklahoma would be swimming in a pond full of giant fish that are the exact same size as them. In the Big 12, they are the only two fish in the pond that matter, which is, of course, why the meeting over the weekend was the next logical step in this process. The information about this possible defection to the SEC, the information got out because the Big 12 is running out of options. Public pressure is one of their last plays in this negotiation. That, and giving up even more power. This was always going to have to be the decision that Texas and Oklahoma were going to have to face. Complete and utter financial domination of an inferior league, or do you want to dive headfirst into the deepest of deep ends in college football? I will repeat, Texas and Oklahoma going to the SEC is probably not what's best for college football, but it is definitely what's best for the SEC and definitely what's best for the two schools. Nashville SC did all of the things on Saturday again. And if you're not into it yet, well, that is a you problem. We've talked about what this club's goals are, both on the field and off, to be considered successful. And if you put a winning and entertaining product on the field, this city will continue to show up. And SC just keeps doing it. This time with a raucous 3-0 domination of rival Cincinnati on Saturday night. And go and Leal sets up CJ Subong again on the run, the goal scorer. Leal goes outside, right the way out. What a goal! But he can whip it in dangerously with that right foot. Here it comes now, and there's the header. There's the third. And Hani Mukhtar, his second assist. Oh, it's just world-class delivery. C.J. Sapong gets in between. Another memorable night for Nashville. As you heard there, of course, Tony Husband on the call on MyTV30. Saturday night, it was C.J. Sapong who scored twice on brilliant one-touch crosses from Hani Mukhtar and, for good measure, a beautiful assist on a Randall Leal banger. Mukhtar continues to power the SC attack, and Sapong is elevating his game knowing that Big Dollar signing Ake Loba is lurking. It was Joe Willis's seventh shutout of the year, and the boys in gold now sit in second place in the Eastern Conference standings. They are 6-1-8 on the season, have not been beaten in seven matches, haven't been beaten at home since November of last year, spanning 12 matches, and almost as importantly, set yet another season high for attendance with 23,832 very pleased customers, including Titans linebacker and SC superfan Jayon Brown. I can almost literally copy and paste that last paragraph after every single home match and just repeat myself after updating the numbers and it would still be accurate. And it's exactly how you weave a brand new professional sports club into the fabric of a community. They've collected 11 out of a possible 15 points in July and have pocketed 15 points out of a possible 21 during their seven game current unbeaten streak since their only loss of the year to New York back on June 18th. The stars are showing up. The points are being banked, and the crowd continues to throw the hottest party in town. Nashville SC will head north of the border to face Toronto next Sunday at 6:30 before a mammoth showdown with the only team ahead of them in the standings, New England, next Wednesday. Nashville Predators fans, players, and front office had a very big weekend. First, the hated Chicago Blackhawks acquired former Nashville Predator defenseman Seth Jones in exchange for two first-round picks and 20-year-old former first-round pick Adam Boquist. Jones then immediately signed an eight-year, $76 million contract, making him the third-highest-paid defenseman and maybe stinging the Preds faithful in more than one way than one. Watching him in a Chicago sweater is not going to be fun at all, and Columbus seems to have gotten potentially more for their top-flight defenseman who had essentially forced his way out of town than the Preds got for Ellis. I guess it could be a lot worse. He could be in Dallas, where he grew up, and Dallas is, of course, a lot better than Chicago. Or, if you want to spin it the other way, Chicago just gave up lots of future assets and locked themselves into a massive contract in the middle of their own rebuild, a bold but very risky maneuver. Either way, it's going to be painful watching Seth Jones win, like, four Norris trophies in a stupid Blackhawks jersey. Uh, in the NHL draft, the Predators made some big moves and drafted a bunch of dudes. I am not going to lie to you and tell you I've been watching a lot of KHL or junior hockey tape on prospects, but I do trust Corey Promann of The Athletic, and he graded the Preds draft a B, which after reading up on their newest edition sounds about right, even if my pronunciations do not. With their first pick at number 19 in the first round, Nashville took Fedor Svetkov, a two-way center from Russia, who appears to have a very high floor, but maybe not as much upside offensively as former first-rounders Ellie Tolvanen or Philip Tomasino. With his second-round pick, Poyle traded back into the first round to select forward Zachary Leroux with the 27th overall selection. Nashville traded away both of their second-round picks, one of which they got for Victor Arvidsson, to move back into the first round and grab the 18-year-old Canadian forward. Energy and skill apparently aren't the issue for Leroux, but focus and maturity very much are. To which I say, he's 18 years old. Among scouts, he is one of the more divisive prospects in the draft and could be a huge value if he's not sitting in the penalty box. The Predators then took three straight defensemen in rounds three and four. They selected Anton Olsen from Sweden with the 72nd overall pick, picked American Ryan Ufko with the 115th pick, and then Canadian Jack Mathieu with the 124th pick. All three are supposed to be above-average skaters and puck handlers for defensemen, which, of course, are just shocking attributes for a David Poyle blue-line prospect. I can't tell you if this haul rebuilds the Preds farm system or not. They certainly took a risk or two. But I like his strategy, continue to build up his young forward depth with high end assets using two first round draft picks and then add plenty of mid level depth to his defense core with three guys who sound like they fit perfectly into Nashville's philosophy. For the best coverage of the Predators draft over the weekend, make sure you're reading all of the athletics great stuff and tune in this week to the gold standard podcast where Adam Vingen and myself will break down all of the newest Nashville Predators prospects and look ahead at the start of free agency on July 28th. Additionally, a feel-good story that just makes me borderline jealous. Luke Prokop, of course, the first active player with an NHL contract to come out as gay, Nashville Predators prospect, that is, last week, got a phone call from Elton John. I don't even know what I would say to Elton John. I'd probably put my daughter on the phone, who's a huge fan of Elton John, and just ask her to talk to him. I'd be too nervous. What a cool story. Good for him. Special thanks to our great friends at the Kingston Group, bringing you the 440 every single morning for free. Nashville's locally owned custom home and remodeling firm. Award winning as well, I might add. So again, if you like money and you're smart, make sure you remember the name, the Kingston Group. BuildKG.com is the website. Go check out their work. I've said it 100 million times. Go look at it. It speaks for itself. BuildKG.com is the website.